Hi, welcome to this episode of our podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and I have Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam, and we're with Impact Planning Group. And we just love to wrestle any marketing idea <laughs> every which way we can. So we've been talking about flavors of marketing and how it, it there's just such a variable as you go into different companies on what's the role of marketing, what's the definition of marketing, and one of the things that we see too is what are the roles of tools? And often we get pushed back and people say, well, tools stifle creativity. And we just, uh, we just grunt. <laughs> so we want to talk about this one. So Sean, can you set us up a bit more, please? Yeah, you know, throughout this, uh, the, the past couple of podcasts, we've talked about the collaborative nature of marketing, that it's not really a standalone function. It's certainly not a simply defined function with one role it covers the range of strategy through to upstream downstream tactical execution pricing maybe some product management in there it's in, it really it's the it's the commercial function in many ways uh, with, with the bolt sales onto it and you're all set to go so we say marketing is a an orchestrator a coordinator and i think that's where tools and process don't stifle creativity they actually unleash it in a structured way think of the alternative if we just had everyone saying we must get along we must share ideas that might happen but without some structure or discipline it's just a lot of noise and yeah occasionally you might find something good comes out of that where i think tools are misunderstood is they're not meant to replace thinking they're not meant to replace creativity they're meant to filter that creativity and that energy and that collaboration in a way that produces an output not only that but the inputs are recorded so they're challengeable so as you can say why did we decide this well we looked at this this and this and you create a a, a paper trail a sort of show us your workings out approach and i think tools create that ability to be more agile and it really drives me insane when people think tools somehow are a block or an unnecessary step or a bit of bureaucracy they're the most liberating aspects of what we do because they create form around concepts so i would urge anyone that views tools as somehow a, a negative thing to to think again tom what do you what do you say so i know that well, I just right before we started this podcast, I made an impassioned plea for tools, <laughs> and I do I do believe what you're saying. I want to I want to temper it just a little bit, though. That you know, the tools are are definitely important, but the three of us have always said that the tools are actually based on a specific strategic question that you need to answer. Right? How did you know, what do our customers need? Who are the stakeholders? You know, um, who are, who are our targets? How do we define our targets? You know, what's our ability to compete in this, in this, in this segment, right? They're, they're all question-based and what, you know, tools do, of course, to define them are, they help you to answer those questions in a very structured way as Sean and Mary are, are explaining, right? They, they invite input. They allow you to make a very explicit trail of how you reached a certain decision. Nonetheless, we have all said to our, to our clients, if you know the answer to the question, don't make this a template filling exercise, move on, go to the next question that you need to answer. And wherever you don't know the answer, 
that's where you use the tool, right? We would love to see people use every one of our tools all the way through the strategic process. But the fact of the matter is, you know, people just often don't have the time to do that. And we're thrilled if people find three or four tools that really help them answer the most important strategic questions. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, that was clear to, to, to the audience. Now, having said all that, I find that this idea of tools stifle creativity often comes from the very executives that are reviewing plans. Okay. They're reviewing the plans and they're like, well, I want my people to have some degrees of, of, of freedom, you know, and, and that's where it gets a, a little bit frustrating because that's where you start to see people just kind of go off the page. They, they, they go off the script. They don't answer the questions. You know, they jump straight to what are we going to do without a, without a, um, you know, a, 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 a requisite analysis that um, allows us to, to understand the market competitors and dynamics in the marketplace. And the very thing that executives want to do is they want to understand the thinking behind the plan and a conclusion. Well, guess where that comes from? You know, if somebody comes to you with a plan that says we want to target this segment and you don't really understand why it's this segment that they want to target, how are they going to explain it to you, right? It's through a tool, a, a tool that says, well, this is how we segmented the market. This is how we defined attractiveness in a, in a, in a segment. And this is why. And now we have a now we have a a great dialogue going on here, you know, something where we can have puts and takes, gives and takes, and 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 have a, a discussion that that leads to maybe a, a a better answer, or at least the executive can be satisfied at the level and depth of the thinking that went into a strategy, regardless of whether they agree with it or not. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. I, well, I think, oh, yeah. yeah, I think one of the biggest complaints that we hear from senior managers is um, my people don't have enough insights as they are presenting their plans. It's kind yeah. of like they just change the year on the plan and ask for 10% more. And, um, yeah. and so the only way that you're going to get really good insights is to use a disciplined approach. And it's, it does sound a little bit counterintuitive, but um, what what I love about working with with people that are using the tools is pushing them to the point. They push themselves to the point. Their teams push themselves to go. Wait a minute. You know, do we really know what customer needs are, or do we really know what our competitors are doing? So it's it's asking for the insights to those questions. As Tom said, you have the question. The tool helps kind of guide you, but you're not supposed to really leave that tool till you go ah. This confirms what we're doing and it's the right decision or we're clueless and we need a whole lot more data because we're just mailing it in and we don't really know the answers to it. And we need to answer this. So I love I love that you can go so deep and make sure that you really do get some rich ideas, um, either you know as, a, as a, an individual or as a big team and that you start to align. So, John, your thoughts? Well, I want to pick up something Tom said earlier because I, I sort of agree. First of all, I want to reinforce this idea of question-based. Ultimately, strategy is about answering a question. It's about solving a problem. It's it's like it's the, the classic what if and, and how are the two sort of steps you're going through. What if we could do this? How are we actually going to do it? So the question, I totally agree. The one thing I want to just be careful about is when people say they know the answer already, the one of the things that we've all come across is 
a degree of certainty because people have reached a level of expertise that they've stopped thinking. They've, they don't have to think so much. They know. And knowing can be a dangerous place to be in a fast-moving world. And sometimes the tools, even if you have a strong sense or opinion of what you know, the tools can force you to say, why do you believe that? What is underpinning that confidence? And sometimes the premise can be fluid, can be moving, can be changing within the environment. And and you need to be quick and not not sticking with what's always worked in the past. So I take it that if, if we have a strong opinion, then let's that, move quicker. But never never forget to challenge existing beliefs because sometimes they're they're rooted in the past not rooted in the evidence so i i actually write up these podcasts on you know if, if you're if you're here and you read the description of the podcast and you came to listen to this one there's typically if, if you're on certain podcast forums there's a always three quotable quotes that i pull out from our podcast Knowing is a dangerous place to be in a fast changing world. Sean, you just said that. And I, I love that quote. <laughs> no. There you so go. That, that's that, that, that may be by half the people that are listening to this podcast or hear that particular quote right there. So well just done. Making a, a quick note here. Co- copyright. Sean yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Just I don't usually sure. attribute the quotes to anybody, but maybe I should put Sean said that. Well, it's, it's, it's IP protected now. Tom. I've taken that step. So I'm afraid you'll be hearing from my lawyers. If nothing, nothing other than <laughs> a couple dollars away. <laughs> I think, I think one of the, um, the problems is that, um, People, is, is, you talked about, Sean, the dangers of knowing, thinking you know things. I think what happens with certain execs um, when they're trying to decide how disciplined to make the approach and how mandatory or, or not to make the tools, they, they, they see sort of the, the titles of, of, of the concepts that we bring, stakeholder mapping and benefits and sought and segmentation, targeting and positioning and value proposition and value-based pricing. And, you know, without a lack of common vocabulary around marketing, which a lot of people don't have, they sound like just, oh yeah, of course, of course, you know, every, this doesn't sound like, you know, very unique. So if I make some kind of mandate around plans that talk about, tell us about your segments, your targets and your positioning, it's just what every other competitor is doing, right? It doesn't sound, so I want creativity. I want people to think very creatively about these things. Well, guess what? At the end of the day, very few companies utilize the insightful tools to actually get to these answers, right? So it's actually the opposite of what they think is going on. They think we're gonna end up with the same kind of plans as our competitors, not gonna be anything differentiating here. And there's nothing that it's just not the truth. It's like you said, Mary, it's like how the tools are the things that allow you to go deep enough to find the insights that make the plan actually very differentiating from your competitors. So the irony is mandating tools or at least using tools for the strategic questions that you don't know the answer to leads to more creativity and more differentiation and more insights. Um, one of the the things that is kind of rooted in all this is 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 that um, the other functions of a company have discipline, 
you know, like finance. There's no way that a finance person couldn't show up at a meeting without the balance sheet, the PL. Those are the tools of what that group needs to do to get all the insights about how the company's doing and what the issues are. So it's, you know, it's it's funny that you're expected to show up with those, but in marketing, it's like, they really need to have those tools. I'm not sure, you know, but maybe they have some really good ads that they're going to show us or something, you know, <laughs> it's like, so, you know, it seems like, it seems like if we treat marketing the way that we treat other functions, even sales has, has the discipline of processes and, and there's uh, forms that they need to fill out to make sure that they're communicating throughout the company. So. I think also we, we, um, one of the criticisms labeled at, at, uh, tools is that they're, they're, they're painting by numbers you know that you, you do it you, you follow all the steps and you get a lovely outcome and that's not how it works either we refer to uh, to our, our suite of uh, we call them tools for thinking because they just aid the thinking they're not promising to solve anything you will solve that through it's a very complex world that you live in these will push you towards a hypothesis that then you experiment and validate and, and you, 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 you be flexible around it. So they're tools for, for structuring thinking. The other thing is they're massively powerful innovation tools because once you get used to essentially simulating your customer and product and business environment through a suite of connected tools, you can then use it as a sandbox and say, what if we didn't do this? What if we added this? What if we did this crazy thing? And yeah, you might collectively start saying that's got some interest and maybe then you take it to customers and you get some customers, but you're in a totally safe environment. And when you're, when you've got a structure that you can throw things in and, and kick it around a little bit, it, it's a real opener for innovation and creativity. It, it you know, helps you. You know, I'm, I'm kind of laughing because, you know, if you use, as Tom said, a few tools and, and as Sean's saying, you really use it in the right way, but we do work with some companies that go tool crazy. You know, they, they sometimes even start with, you know, a, a couple that really help it up. And then they end up with 120 tools that people have to fill out or they can't. And, and it blows up people that I think, you know, I was trying to think, why do we get some resistance? And I think, in some cultures, people have gone through where they've been mandated 125 different tools that they're supposed to, or templates that they're supposed to fill out. And it just is so over-engineered that people just say, I don't want to do any of this. So I think that there, there is a the right balance, you know, not too many, not too few, not too many, but just the right number that's that's important to figure I, out. I think the sweet spot in all of this is of an executive team really is buttoned up about the, the questions that a plan should answer, okay? And um, provide, you know, tools to help answer those questions if necessary. Then when somebody shows up to do an initial, I mean, because we all know these, these strategic plans go through iterations, right? Somebody shows up for an, an, an initial, um, you know, delivery of their, of their plan, they can, the executives then have the, the option to say, you know, tell, tell me about your thinking here, you know, around each of the questions, strategic questions that are answered. And if they're not satisfied, you know, they can say, did you use a tool? Can we see your tool here? And, and if, they, if the team says, no, we did not, because we felt we know the answer, but there's some doubt amongst the executive team, then there's the opportunity before round two to say, go back, go back 
And, um, you know, we want you to do, you utilize the tool, show us your thinking, get some data if you can. And man, that's a real productive use of, of, of planning time, right? Because now what we're doing is we're collaborating and moving towards a goal of everybody being aligned and everybody understanding the thinking behind a particular strategy, which as we all know, if everybody's aligned, the, ex the chances for execution uh, go up dramatically. You know, you raised one point there, Tom, about the, uh, you know, if there's doubt, then go check the data, validate the data. That's an important point to remember that a lot of what we do is based on hypothesis. And that's not to say a wild guess. It's based on intuition and experience and inherent knowledge. Arguably the most underused asset in any business is this pool of experience and intuition around their customers and markets and competition. What tools can do is give that a place to percolate, to expand, to grow. And from there, we have a, 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 a grand hypothesis that's based on a lot of intuition. And then you can go test it. And what we found time and time again is the accuracy of that gut feel, if you want to call it that, is staggeringly high because yeah. it's, it's, it's driven by experience. And so you mentioned, or Mary mentioned culturally, some people, you know, over-engineer. Some people reject tools because we don't know. I've had classes, and I'm sure you have too, where people have said, how can we put a number against that when we don't know? And the answer is, you probably do know. And in any event, we're creating a hypothesis, and we can validate if it's deemed important enough. So, yeah, you use the... Uh, tap into that that pool of intuition and experience it's it's valuable yeah this is given, great given can i say one more thing given yeah, of course. at the time but given the given the budget given the market research or lack of market research budget of many of the b2b's that we operate you know leveraging that experience to create a hypothesis is the next best alternative and in some ways, because it's so accurate, very cost efficient. That's what tools do. I'm going to be really quick here, Tom. Do you remember we were in London? We had a team. One team said, hey, we just had this market research done. Can we use this? And we said, yeah, why wouldn't you? You just paid for it. Use the data. And the sales team said, hang on, that's not fair. We don't have anything. And we said, use your intuition and knowledge. And they both went away and did their thing. And what came back? pretty much exactly the same. Their intuition was spot on. That either means they wasted 300 grand on market research or they should have diverted those funds to the salespeople. Yeah. You know more than you think you know. It's been proven time and time again. Well, well we hope that you have a couple of ideas and uh, you go back and look in your little toolbox and see if there are some tools that are helping you answer the, the real strategic questions that you or your team need to, to answer. Um, and we always love to get your comments. So thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.